0: Welcome to our teaching for today. The Torah portion for today is Tetz Ave and means, You shall command. The portion begins by saying that they were to make pure olive oil for the menorah and to keep it burning from evening to morning in the tent of meeting. Many of the commands in this portion have to do with the items and ritual regarding the priests for the Mishkan, the tent of meeting in the wilderness. Before we begin the Torah teaching, I would like to talk about a few things. God's Word is not broken. Its message has provided answers to life for thousands of years and to all cultures. God also puts power on His Word in the form of blessings. Have you ever had something that had become useless because it was broken? That is how some people treat God's Word. They do not keep what God tells us to do. For example, the Bible tells us to keep God's Sabbath which is our Friday at sunset to Saturday at sunset they may make up all kinds of excuses. Perhaps they learned the false doctrine of keeping the day of the sun god Mithras on Sunday instead of the day the Bible says to keep. Constantine changed the day of rest to Sunday in honor of the god Mithras and that was passed down into Christianity. They will say that God's day of rest changed, but God made the real day holy at the time of creation. So, why would that change? Genesis 2-3 NKJV says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. The word sanctified is the Hebrew word for holy, Kadesh. God made the seventh day a holy day. We get the word holiday from the wording holy day. Since it was instituted at the time of creation, the seventh day is still to be observed as a holy day. The list of excuses not to keep God's commandments can go on and on for some. The question then becomes where will they draw the line? We do not have to worry about where the line is drawn if we commit ourselves to keep God's commandments and stop telling God that somehow we know better than God. Psalms 1194 4-6 NKJV says, You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. We are to diligently keep God's commandments and in order to do that, we must be diligent to know them. We will have to stand before our good God that has our best interests at heart and we will give an account of our lives. Will we be ashamed? What will our answer be when God asks us if we kept His commandments? If we are serious about our faith, of course we will make the effort necessary to know and to follow what God says. For some though, God has become meaningless. God is the Creator, therefore, what God has to say is important. People are not treating God with respect or honor by their disobedience. Others may say they do not have time for God. The psalmist was concerned about not being ashamed. We should take the time to know what God says is important for life so that we are not ashamed. I remember someone once telling me that they did not have time for God because they watched TV. People need to straighten out their priorities. Let's say that we are going to do some work for someone. We tell them that we are going to do a great job, but we do not know how to do the work. It is unlikely that we will be able to do the job. Even some of the simplest tasks require some know-how. Doesn't the God of the universe and His instructions warrant our utmost attention so we can do God's good works? God's intentions are good and His commandments are His loving words for His people. If people reject God's good commandments and do evil, God must judge them for that. 2 Corinthians 5 10-11 NKJV says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The word seat is the Greek word bima and the bima is the table where the Torah and God's commandments are read at synagogues. So, Yeshua will judge us by the Old Testament commandments. That is what Shaul said there in 2 Corinthians 5 10-11. He was Jewish, he knew what the word Bema referred to. Most people say they will be judged by Yeshua and that he changed God's laws. Shaul said that Yeshua did not do that. Romans three thirty one NKJV says, Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. When Shaul said we will be judged by Yeshua at the Bema where God's commandments are read, that is what he meant. He then refers to the terror of the Lord. Of course, people read right over that. God must judge those who do evil because sin brings pain into this world even if we do not think so. Think of the pain these teachers of lies are bringing on to those at judgment time who end up doing evil instead of good. I am trying to get you to follow God's commandments so that you will not face the terror of the Lord. God wants people to know about His truths that change lives for the better. People often believe in God out of a need for a better way of life and it works. God's Word is proven to help people over and over. These verses tell us about a person who is struggling, but they know God's Word has the answers and they cling to God's commandments for help. Psalms 119 25-31 NKJV says. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me, teach me your statutes, make me understand the way of your precepts, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness, strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth." Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. It is not uncommon for people to get through tough times in life through God's commandments. Over and over, believers experience deliverance through staying true to God's ways and not giving in when dealing with times of stress and pain. Giving in to sin can sometimes lead to dear consequences in life. Also, do not forget to pray to God in all you do. Philippians 4 6-7 NKJV says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Shaul tells us not to be anxious, but to make your requests to God with gratitude and be at peace. This requires some discipline mentally and is not always easy. That is what Rabbi Shaul tells us to do. God's Word brings additional blessings simply from keeping God's commandments. And God also can put His power to bear on a person's life when they keep God's commandments. These verses in Deuteronomy need to be shared more. Deuteronomy 28 2-6 NKJV says, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Isn't this wonderful? We may not have cattle, but most of us have families that have needs. God says that he will put a blessing on our lives for doing what is right and keeping his commandments. We are not to store God away, but live his ways. Many people are not actively engaged in thinking about and applying God's truths in the Bible. They may even consider themselves believers, but they do not engage with their faith the way they should. They are not engaged with spiritual verities. Imagine that we treat God like a book that we put on the shelf and never use much. We have a storage area for books in our home that we do not need much. Those books that we need to refer to, we keep handy in our home. So, my Bible is my most used book and it should be. Psalms 11989 94 NKJV says. Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations, You establish the earth, And it abides, they continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. Notice how it says that God's commandments gave him life and that he continues to seek God's help through God's commandments. God's commandments are intended for all generations. Even the ancient believers kept God's commandments. Genesis 26 5 NKJV says, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. The word laws is the word Torah, so Abraham kept God's commandments in the Torah. The laws in his era were passed down through the lines of believers. They did not pass down extra man-made laws. There was no oral law filled with misapplied man-made traditions. The Torah was written down at Mount Sinai so that future generations would have it. The ancient believers were special to God because they kept God's commandments. Those in the Old Testament era in Israel who kept God's commandments were special to God. Those in the Messianic era who keep God's commandments are special to God. Revelation 1 6 NKJV says that Yeshua made us kings and priests to his God and Father. This is referred to in Exodus nineteen six and also in 1 Peter 2-9. God values life. Those who love God have a reciprocal relationship with God. The Orthodox Jews say that those who keep their man-made traditions are Jewish. Also, only the decedents of those who kept those traditions are Jewish even if they do not believe in God. They must also value their Jewishness. So only Jews who keep misapplied man-made laws and unbelievers are what they consider to be Jewish. Shaul says in Romans 2 29 NKJV, For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. And in verse 29, But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. So being circumcised is good, but you should also keep the law. A Jew is one on the inside, one who keeps the law. In this section of Romans, Shaul also quotes the commandment in Deuteronomy 10:16 NKJV which says, Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. He is not saying that circumcision is done away with, but being a Jew is one inwardly who keeps God's laws in the Old Testament portion with a circumcised heart. Messianic Jews who keep God's commandments have the right to call themselves Jewish if they keep God's commandments in the Torah. Those who keep God's commandments are special to Him. What God gives us to do and not hard, but has the power to remove those things that make life hard. This scripture says that God's commandments are not too hard to keep. Deuteronomy 30, 10-11 HCSB says, Obey the Lord your God by keeping His commands and statutes that are written in this book of the law and return to Him with all your heart and all your soul. This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. Also, Yeshua said referring to these verses says in Matthew 11:30 NKJV, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word yoke refers to the Torah and Jewish thought. For example, it says in Perkei of 05-2, He took upon Himself the yoke of meat's vote. Meat's vote means commandments, so in this case, Abraham kept the yoke of God's commandments as it says in Genesis 26-5. So God's commandments are not too hard to keep. We may have to think of proper applications of God's commandments, but that should be easy too. We are to protect the life of an ox. Deuteronomy 22:4 4 NKJV says, You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fall down along the road, and hide yourself from them, you shall surely help him lift them up again. Yeshua was applying the Torah when He says in Luke 14:5 NKJV, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? Deuteronomy implies we are to protect life, especially human life and even if it is on a day of rest. Just like we are to protect the life of an ox we are to protect human life. Also, the Bible says we are created in God's image, with the possibility of resembling God's character if we decide to keep his commandments. We are not God. Genesis 1:26 NKJV says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. The early believers in Messiah Yeshua in the first century also applied protecting life to circumcision. Sha'ul taught circumcision and he says in Galatians 5:11 NKJV, I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? He taught the circumcision of baby boys and not adult men. This is because adult circumcision is dangerous. Those who taught that adult circumcision was necessary were disobeying the Torah because the Torah teaches us to protect life. People were dying. That is why Shaul made such a point about circumcision. How might we apply the principle of protecting life? Perhaps there is something that you are doing that is unnecessarily dangerous or someone you care about is doing something dangerous. What makes life hard? Lots of man-made commandments. We are not to make lots of unnecessary misapplied commandments. In the time of Yeshua, they were observing lots of misapplied man-made commandments and they still do. Deuteronomy 4 2 NKJV says, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Some leaders in Christianity or Judaism say their traditions and the things their leaders tell them to do are God's commandments. They say you cannot be one of them unless you keep their man-made tradition. You do not have to keep their man-made commandments. They are disobeying God with their misapplied man-made commandments. Why would you want to be part of a system like that? Do not be tempted to belong to a man-made system of beliefs they are following man and not God. Isaiah 29:13 NKJV says, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. More to consider. I would like to talk more about spiritual things. There is a spiritual dividing. We could think of it as a particular frequency of light. A light wave can give off a color white light is a combination of all colors of light. The sky is blue because our air filters the light to a blue color. The sky turns red when more light is filtered by the air when the sun sets or rises. God tells us to be lights, we should be interested in being a light the way God tells us. I have a radio license and there are specific frequencies that I am allowed to use based on my license. If I deviate from my assigned frequencies, I am in violation of the law. So we want to make sure we are giving off the true light. God's Word is often called a light to us. Numbers 23 19 tells us that God does not lie. So, when God's Word says that God's commandments are right and good, see Deuteronomy 6:18, then they are right and good. That is God's light. Are we obeying the truth or living a lie? Think about what the Bible says. Have we filtered our lives by the light of God's Word? Are we living with the wisdom and understanding that the Bible says we have through God's commandments, see Deuteronomy 4-6 where it says God's commandments are our wisdom and understanding. We are not playing make-believe religion or for that matter, a made-up belief system. We get our doctrine from the Bible which is God's Word. Psalm 119 has some great scriptures in it and contains a lot of wisdom. Psalm 119-16 NKJV says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches." I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes, I will not forget your word. Let's talk about this section. First, Psalm 119 is an acrostic song, and this section begins with the Hebrew letter Bet, which is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Believers both men and women need to make their ways clean and good. Has your conscience ever made you feel dirty because of what you did? Clean up your life and listen to God's Word. He says that he sought God with his whole heart. May we also be a people who seek God completely and never wander from his commands. He retained God's Word in his innermost being so that he would not sin. Even though he knows God's commands, he wants to remain open to what God can teach him. He is thankful for God's Word as much as all riches. He continues to think about God's commands and is delighted by them. He will not forget them. This is truly a wonderful and encouraging song. Make the right connection to God using the right means and knowledgeable truth. Do you want to be connected to the true God? Then believe the truths of the Bible. There are people who are interested in telling us that we don't need to do what God says and they make it a point to tell anyone that asks them that they are telling you the truth. They say they believe in God and His Word, but they obviously don't believe in His Word. They don't really believe in God either. These unbelievers say they have an important message. Shaul had an important message for us in 1 Corinthians 6 9-10 NKJV, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Shaul said nobody who does these things will inherit the kingdom of God. So don't be deceived. I don't want anyone to miss out on what God has for us in the future glorious kingdom. Yehovah is the God of the universe. So, it is going to be absolutely awesome in the future kingdom. He can do that because he is God. Do not miss out. Are we living a sustainable, true, and light-filled way? Why do I say sustainable? For example, there are some who keep many man-made commandments and commandments that micromanage life. The Bible says we are not to add and subtract from God's commandments, see Deuteronomy 4-2. Having thousands of man-made commands added to our spiritual life is not a sustainable way to live. No one can live like that, and most admit that keeping thousands of extra commandments cannot be done are we letting our faults overcome us? Instead form habits from God's commandments. God will forgive, but we also have to make an all-out effort to do what is right. You cannot fool God so get with it. Psalms one hundred three twelve 12-13 NKJV says, As far as the East is from the West, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. Have respect for God. Living with guilt is not a sustainable way to live. Don't live in worry, that is not a sustainable way to live. Trust in God. Isaiah 26 3-4 NKJV says, You will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because He trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Perhaps you can think of something that keeps you from being the believer you should be. Are we following truth or man-made doctrine? For example, the Bible says to keep God's feasts, Leviticus 23 2. The Bible says, they, are, God's, feasts. Are we going to keep His feasts or follow false teachers who say just the opposite of what the Bible says? The Bible is God's Word. Will we follow God or some man-made idea? The Bible says that God's Word is a light for us. God gave us commandments for our own good and they give us wisdom and understanding it says in Deuteronomy 4 6. What will we do with our lives? I remember this person flaunting his lawless attitudes at me or towards me you could say. Yeshua said go away from me you lawless. Matthew seven twenty three NKJV says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Do you want to be banished from God's future glorious kingdom? Is that what you want? That is your choice, but you will be suffering for all eternity for your disobedience to God. So, follow God's commandments. Remember to apply the scriptures across all of life. It is not hard, just start putting God in your life and keep His commandments. Have spiritual direction in life instead of a worldly focus. Everyone in the body of the Messiah is to work together. God's Word is good, and He is a loving God. Therefore, applying His Word is an accomplishment and joy every time we keep His commands. Some take the Scriptures out of their Jewish context. Anything taken out of context can be misinterpreted. Why are people misled? They could have been taught lies or a faulty belief system. Some people have an agenda and do not care about truth. People can be influenced by the devil. Some think they are wise and teach their own beliefs or teach to impress others. Sometimes people can be talked out of the truth. People can be talked out of truth by spiritual leaders they trust. Either we have a humble heart for God's truth, or we do not. Have a humble heart towards God and His commandments. Now begins our Torah teaching. Hetzave means, You shall command. The portion begins by saying that they were to make pure olive oil for the menorah and to keep it burning continually in the tent of meeting. In order to do this, they would use only the first few drops from the olive. It would be clear and pure. It is a spiritual picture that we are to be pure lights to others. Yeshua said in Matthew 5:16 NKJV, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5 16 NKJV. The rituals that Israel did often taught principles they were to follow. When Yeshua says good works, He means doing what is right and good. Deuteronomy 6 17-18 NKJV says, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, His testimonies, and His statutes which He has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. So, Doing good works is to keep God's commandments. Aha, Aharon and his sons and descendants were to be special consecrated priests for the Lord. Specific instructions for the priestly garments and how they are to anoint Aaron and his sons were given. Special garments were to be made for them which includes a breastplate, vest, a blue robe, tunic, turban, and a sash. Only the descendants of Aaron were to wear the priestly garments. They were to put the Urim and the Tumim in the breastplate for making decisions. The stones were said to light up and spell a message supernaturally. They were to serve barefoot as a sign of humility. Serving others should not be conducted as an act of pride. Yeshua washed His disciples' feet and told them they should serve others, see John 13:15 16 Also, some idolaters worship the dust of their feet so what Yeshua did could allude to helping others to avoid idolatry. We are to be humble servants of God. There would be bells on the bottom of the robe kohen gadol to let the people know the high priest was at work and they should pay attention. It is not true that it has to do with the high priest dying if they did not hear the bells. Also, the priests were to wear linen undergarments. Then the process of consecration is given with their dress sacrifices, and rituals and the priest's consecration is to take seven days. The altar is especially holy and whatever touches it will be holy. Through all their generations they will have burnt offerings and God would speak to them at the Mishkan, the tent of meeting. Aharon and his sons were to be consecrated by God's glory. God will then live with His people. They were to build an altar to bring incense every morning and also burn incense when Aha Ron lights the lamps at dusk. They were not to make any unauthorized offering or incense at the Mishkan. We see in this portion specific instructions about the menorah, the Kohen's apparel, and the consecration of the Kohens. It should again remind us that we are to worship God in the way He chooses. The high priest was to wear special clothes while serving, and so were his sons. Again, no one was to wear the high priest's clothes, but the high priest. His clothes were special and glorious and they included a turban on his head and a crown on the turban. Exodus 29 6 NKJV says, You shall put the turban on his head, and put the holy crown on the turban. Aaron's sons also wore a turban with a round hat made of linen under them, see Exodus 3927 27-29. They covered their heads twice while serving at the Mishkan and so did the Kohens who served under the high priest later at the temple in Jerusalem. There is a misunderstanding in many circles of Christianity concerning 1 Corinthians 11 where it is actually referring to men not wearing a veil on their heads. 1 Corinthians 11:4 NKJV says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I deliver them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. The head covering in Greek words here refers to a veil which is an article of woman's clothing. Shaul is merely telling them to keep the Torah which says that we are not to wear clothing that is solely for the opposite sex. Deuteronomy 22 5 NKJV says, a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Shaul later says he is referring to customs and not God's commandments, but it always stands that if anything is explicitly an article of clothing for the opposite sex, it is forbidden. 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen NKJV says, But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom nor do the churches of God. What is the contention? It is not about the Torah, it is about custom it says except where he is talking about obeying the Torah. They would have understood what he was talking about because most early believers were Jewish. Always remember that the word church is the Greek word for assembly and doesn't refer to a denomination or building. Acts twenty twenty NKJV says, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Why house to house? Because for the most part, people met in the home. 1 Corinthians 16 19-20 NKJV says, The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. People who meet in buildings would have you believe that Shaul was teaching leadership from house to house. Their man-made theology aims to make people believe that they are legitimate because they have a building or denomination. Many denominations are still passing on the religion of the pagan Greco-Roman Empire. For example, Easter is the pagan goddess of fertility. Yeshua rose on Resurrection Weekend and it is a disgrace to refer to His resurrection as a pagan god. Think about it. The colors in the Bible are often used within a context that uses a particular color. This is for your interest only. This is from online at, www.colormeanings.com. Amber means, glory of God, judgment upon sin, endurance. Orange means, fire of God, deliverance, passionate praise. Pink slash fuchsia means, right relationship with God. Scarlet means, royalty, fine linen for tabernacle. Red means, blood of Jesus, love of God, blood of Lamb, atonement, salvation. Blue means, heaven, the Holy Spirit, authority. Purple means, priesthood, kingship, royalty, mediator, wealth. Gold means, glory, divinity, kingship, eternal deity, foundation, altar, beauty, precious, holiness, majesty, righteousness. Wine means, new birth, multiply, overflow. Sapphire means, law, commandments, grace, the Holy Spirit, divine revelation. Turquoise means, river of God, sanctification, healing, new Jerusalem. Green means, praise, growth, prosperity, new beginning, flourishing, restoration. Silver means, word of God, purity, divinity, salvation, Truth, Atonement, Redemption. White means, Bride of Christ, Surrender, Harvest, Light, Righteousness, Conquest, Victory, Blessedness, Joy, Angels, Saints, Peace, Completion, Triumph. Brown means, End of Season, Rags, People, Pride, Weary, Faint. Yellow means, Faith and Glory of God, Anointing, Joy. Black means, Darkness, sin, earth, affliction, humiliation, calamity, death, mourning. Atonement for sin would be made once a year on the altar. Since the Messiah Yeshua came, that has changed. Hebrews 10 12 14 NKJV says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. It was always understood that a Messiah would come and give Himself for our sins. He also helps us to be holy through the help of the Holy Spirit. See John fourteen twenty six, Isaiah 53 5-6 NKJV says. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him and by His stripes we are healed, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned, every one, to his own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. God chose the line of Aharon to be priests. This points us to accepting who God chose as the Messiah, namely Yeshua. Just as Aharon was picked to be the father of all priests, Yeshua is God's chosen Messiah and our priest who is atoned for our sins. One of the major duties of the High Priest was to offer a sacrifice for sin on Yom Kippur. Yeshua came as God and offered Himself for our sins. The specific priestly apparel is a shadow picture of the glorious position of Yeshua, see Exodus 28-2 who came as our glorious High Priest and Messiah. Also, Yeshua revealed His true glorious nature when He was transfigured before Kepha, Yokanan, and Yaakov the brother of Yokanan. As Yeshua prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. Luke 9:29 NKJV. Just as God's presence was there in the Mishkan as the priests ministered, Yeshua was the presence of God on earth when he came to minister to mankind. Yo'kanan said that Yeshua tabernacled or tented among us. Yo'kanan is probably thinking of the Mishkan in the desert where the presence of God was. There was a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night, just as the presence of God was among Israel at the Mishkan. Yeshua was the presence of God when He came as a man. Yeshua came as God in the form of a man. He did not become God. All the patriarchs encountered God as a man. Jeremiah twenty-three five to six says that the Messiah would come from the line of David and be God. Yehovah Yud Hey Vav Hey. The Haftorah for Tetzaveh is Ezekiel forty-three twenty to twenty-seven. Before this portion in Ezekiel, Ezekiel is having a vision of the house, namely the future temple. He talks in detail about the future temple. A man is standing by him, and he says that this is the place for my throne, where the soles of his feet will be with the children of Israel forever. God's throne will be with Israel forever. In these passages, the Lord. Yehovah, is speaking to Ezekiel in the form of a man. This is probably a vision of Yeshua. No one will ever again defile my holy name again he says. As our portion begins in verse 10, Ezekiel is told to describe, sketch, and give the sacrificial law for the house so that Israel will be ashamed of their crimes. The mountaintop for the future temple will be especially holy. This portion describes the consecration of this future temple which is to cover the whole mountain. After this portion it talks about the east gate being closed because that is the gate that Jehovah has gone through. It is blocked off now, but someday the Messiah will come and open it with power and the entire mountaintop will be God's holy temple. All the ancient believers, the believers of Israel, Exodus nineteen six, and all believers in Messiah, 1 Peter 2 9, are to be priests and serve each other Exodus 19:6 NKJV says and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation 1 Peter 2:9 NKJV says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people We often think that we as individuals only have the responsibility to care for ourselves but no one is an island and we all rely on others to survive without the farmer there would be no food at the grocery store. We should not take people for granted but be a humble servant of God. Micah 6 8 NKJV says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Be humble towards God, live right, and be considerate and merciful. Commandments, implied commandments, permissions, and other concepts. We can also understand commandments are being implied from other scriptures in the Bible. There are other possible concepts than what is shared here. The menorah in the Mishkan is to stay lit from evening to morning. Perhaps this is symbolic that God does not sleep, He is always available. See Exodus twenty-seven twenty-one. Special garments were to be made and worn for the high priest and those descendants of Aaron who are serving. Exodus 28-4 the breastplate is to be fastened securely to the ephod with blue thread. Exodus 28 28. The priest's cloaks are to be made so they will not tear. Exodus 28 32. The priests were to eat a portion of the sacrifice and no one else. Exodus 28 The high priest is to burn incense every morning. Exodus 37. Nothing is to be placed on the golden altar except the incense that God says is okay. Exodus 39. This concludes our main teaching for today.